Again, speaking to the issues of strange, false, and demonic doctrines, Paul the Apostle laid out very clear, precise, spiritual guide to help his son Timothy identify and deal with those who propagate these doctrines. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3 to 5, he wrote to Timothy saying, If anyone, anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness. Verse 4, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words, from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such withdraw yourself from such withdraw yourself the first way to identify teachers of false doctrines is that their doctrines are not and will never never be in accordance with godliness godliness is defined as the quality or state of being spiritually pure or virtuous one way to detect and identify these morally bankrupt teachers of false doctrines is to compare what they propagate and teach with the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Check! Check if their words accords with godliness. Teachings that get you screaming, highly motivated, overly excited, without connecting you with godliness and Purity needs to be checked and microscopically analyzed based on the word of God. Genuine teachings will produce godliness and challenge you. They will challenge you to live a pure and holy life unto the Lord. The Bible says the teachers who propagate this false, strange and demonic doctrines of demons are proud. Oh yes, how do we describe a man or woman who sets aside the doctrine of the Son of God to establish his own teachings and doctrines so as to enrich himself and satisfy his or carnal nature? Pride is the nature of the devil and that was why he was chased away from heaven. So it's not rocket science to know that the doctrines of the devil must be founded and based on pride and those who teach these things are proud. Most times they hide this satanic pride under the guise of prophetic boldness. And many people are so deceived today because they do not do a thorough spiritual comparative analysis of the words of men with the wholesome words of the Lord. True and genuine doctrine should produce or consent to wholesome words. You should be made whole after listening and hearing such doctrines and applying them to your life as an individual. 
So the question to you this morning is, is the doctrine you are following producing wholeness in your spiritual life? Are those words building your relationship with the Lord or keeping you focused on self? And how to defraud another to enrich yourself? What words are you hearing? What doctrines are you giving your attention to? Do the doctrines produce envy, strife, corruption, and competition in you? Or are you challenged to a deeper walk with the Lord after hearing wholesome teachings? Are you challenged to prepare yourself for spending eternity with God after hearing such teachings? A very dear father in the faith shared the sad story with me. He said a single lady stood before the congregation of Christians in a well-known church to testify of the power of God. And the summary of her testimony was that she got pregnant as a result of sexual immorality and she did everything to terminate the pregnancy. But nothing worked. Nothing worked for her. But when she drank a specially purchased anointing oil, the pregnancy was aborted. The pastor took over the microphone to emphasize, I told you, I told you, there is nothing the anointing oil cannot do. Oh my, how low we are falling. How despicable and shameful things have become in the so-called church of God. Could this be the glorious church that Jesus is coming back for? Could this be the true bride of Christ? I once had a man teaching on faith and miracles and declaring instant pregnancy and delivery of a baby over a waiting mother. He believed that the woman could get pregnant and deliver a fully grown baby in three months. The church went wild jubilating and dancing in foolishness to celebrate the prophetic words that did not accord with godliness. When I compare this satanic prophecy, which is based on the doctrines of demons, I see no pattern of such in scripture. I see no correlation with the doctrine of the Lord. Even in Genesis chapter 18, when the Lord visited Abraham, and his wife and blessed them with their long-awaited Isaac. The Lord said in Genesis 18.10, I will surely return to you at this time next year and your wife Sarah will have a son. So where did this fellow get his inspiration from? Friends, we are in terrific times and hearing the things going on in the church in our days will bring you to tears and pain. The Savior is concerned. Heaven is bordered. Shall the Son of Man find faith in the church at his return? Will you still be holding on to the profession of your faith? without wavering when he returns 
will you be standing strong and completing all the will of God? The doctrine which accords with godliness is scarce. You must be discerning and knowledgeable in the doctrine of the Savior to be able to detect the deception and scam that is going on in our days. The second point to look out for in our generation based on 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 4 is that godliness has become a means of gain. Let's read the scripture again, 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 4. He is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicion, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such withdraw yourself. Sometimes I wonder what it is that is going on around us today. I see many business centers masquerading as the church of God. Many of the places of worship can be regarded as in the name of the Lord International Business Center. Men and women now see godliness as a means of gain. Church has become a multi-billion dollar business investment where people are manipulated to sow money, to sow money for the salvation of their loved ones. What a shame. Can you please check through scriptures and tell me which miracle Jesus had a price tag attached to? Of course, people came to appreciate the Savior for their deliverance. At different occasions, for instance, a woman broke her alabaster flask of very costly fragrance and spread it at the feet of the Savior in Matthew chapter 26. But notice that it was not a demand, it was not a demand from the Savior, but an offering brought willingly, willingly. Even the disciples of the Lord Jesus were angry because it was a strange action. They were not used to it. The master had to intervene and honor the woman instead for it was a personal offering brought willingly to honor the Savior. She was not forced. She was not manipulated. No, she was not. The common pattern I find in our days is the merchandise of the gospel where anything and everything is done to fleece the sheep. The altar has been hijacked by men and women who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. The message of the cross is not common, not as common the gospel of sacrifice is obsolete. Ministry seems to be like a showpiece. And gospel of contentment and satisfaction is scarce, forgetting that we brought nothing into this world. And at our return, nothing will go with us out of here. I was in a meeting about 20 years ago and the preacher did a fantastic job. He taught the word of God so profoundly 
But at the end of the teaching, he read Deuteronomy 28 and listed out the blessings and the church responded with a thunderous Amen. Afterwards, he made an altar call and demanded for those in the congregation who really wanted all of the 12 blessings to become real in their lives to sow an equivalent of $10 per blessing. $10 per blessing. So if I had wanted 12 of the blessings this man read out in scripture to become effective in my life, I should run out to drop $120 in his hands. Dearly beloved, I watched as people trooped out in their numbers. People ran out in their numbers. Then he gradually lowered the value of the money he requested for and the blessing that goes with it. If you want six of the blessings in Deuteronomy 28, bring $60, he continued. By the time he was concluding his trade and rounding up his business, he said, Well, if you want all the 12 blessings to be combined into one for you, then run out with $10. By this time, I was the only one standing in the congregation. The entire congregation had run out to the, to the platform to pay, to pay for the blessings in Deuteronomy 28. Although he tried hard to persuade me with his many words, I was not moved, for I did not see such patterns in scripture. If he charged $120 for reading the blessings he did not write, how much would those who were moved by the Holy Spirit charge for their sacrifice to receive and document those blessings? Such teachers of scriptures are lost. They fool the gullible who have no understanding of scriptures. Such men are those who Paul referred to as those who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. Of course, the congregation also love to have liars preach to them, for they have itching ears and they need someone to scratch it. Jeremiah chapter 5 verse 31 in the New Living Translation says, The prophets give false prophecies and the priests rule with an iron hand. Worse yet, my people like it that way. But what will you do when the end comes? Is it bad to give? Absolutely not. Is it wrong to sow? Oh no. But when the demand is made to recompense and purchase the gift of God and money is required to activate the fulfillment of the word of God in your life, then of what use is the blood of Jesus? Such doctrine is certainly not in accordance with godliness. How did Peter the Apostle of our Lord react to a man who came to purchase Holy Ghost power from him? How? Acts chapter 8 verse 18 And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the Apostle's hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money 
saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money? You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of this your wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me, that none of the things which you have spoken may come upon me. Peter rebuked him sharply for attempting to purchase what should be imparted into him through much travail and labor in prayer. He wanted the glory without paying the price. There is so much to unpack from this passage of scripture, but for the limitation of time, let's return to our anchor scripture to conclude our third point for today. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3 to 5. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over what, from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth. Who suppose, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain? From such, withdraw yourself. Paul gave Timothy a very clear recommendation of what to do when he encountered such people. What did he say? From such, from such people, withdraw yourself. Do not negotiate with them. Do not discuss or debate with such men. Do not listen to them. Do not visit them. Do not collaborate with them. Do not pay attention to their words. There is only one solution. Withdraw from them. Withdraw from them. Do not let anyone deceive you about unity. You cannot be united with the agents of darkness. Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Withdraw from such men. Do not give them your time your attention no do not give your attention to men and women of perdition if you really desire the savior to find faith in you when he returns then you must withdraw from such people withdraw from such people i commend you to god and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified.